and in time-honoured tradition, are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. Once upon a time, there were three vine seeds. The first seed looked at the picture on the packet of seeds as all sensible seeds do, so they know what they're going to become. He saw the picture of glorious foliage and luscious fruit and he thought, look at that, what great gifts I have, I'm fantastic. I can produce magnificent fruit, I don't need anyone to help. People will just come and admire me from miles away to, to come and taste my delicious fruit. All I need to do is just wait for the fruit to come. So he did nothing at all. He stayed there and eventually he shriveled and he produced no fruit at all. In this episode of Sowing the Seed of the Kingdom, the Reverend Catherine Wagstaff shares her thoughts on Jesus' picture of being a vine, his followers the branches, and God the vinekeeper. Lord God, as we gather in our individual houses, but as one church in you, we thank you for your presence here with us. Thank you that each one of us is unique and yet we share a common bond in you and we come together as one body, all learning and experiencing things in different ways. We thank you for your amazing word that gives us so many pictures of your kingdom, of your love for us and of your call to follow you. Lord, come feed us, we pray, feed our hearts and minds, be with us as we gather together. Bless us as we call upon your name. Amen. A Bible reading from the New Testament book of John, chapter 15. Jesus is speaking. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. time-honoured tradition. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. Once upon a time there were three vine seeds. 
The first seed looked at the picture on the packet of seeds as all sensible seeds do, so they know what they're going to become. He saw the picture of glorious foliage and luscious fruit and he thought, look at that, what great gifts I have, I'm fantastic. I can produce magnificent fruit, I don't need anyone to help. People will just come and admire me from miles away to, to come and taste my delicious fruit. All I need to do is just wait for the fruit to come. So he did nothing at all. He stayed there and eventually he shriveled and he produced no fruit at all. But the second seed looked at the packet, like all good seeds do, to see what he was going to become. And he saw the glorious foliage and the luscious fruit and he thought, I want to be like that. I want to produce fruit like that. He trusted the gardener and he submitted to planting. He was nurtured by the warmth of the earth and uh, by the water that moistened it, and he grew. The growing was quite painful and difficult at times as he put down roots and started to put out shoots and eventually produce some branches. But the seed thought it's worth it, so I can become like that picture and bear that luscious fruit. And that's what he did. Now, the fruit wasn't quite as abundant and luscious looking as the picture suggested, but everyone knows that pictures are just made to look good so that people will buy the seeds. Anyway, the fruit was good and the gardener seemed to appreciate it. She picked it and used it and seemed very happy with it. So the little seed couldn't understand it when the gardener seemed to want to cut back some of the branches where the luscious fruit had hung. So he refused, no. I've done all the hard work. I put a lot of effort into growing those branches and producing the fruit. I've made it, I've done it. No more hard work and pain for me. I can sit back now and enjoy the effort and hard work I've put in and enjoy being admired for my wonderful gift of fruit. And he did just that, but sadly, his fruit was never quite as good again. He became a bit straggly and not quite so glorious and he never did reach the goal of becoming just like the picture on the packet. The third seed saw the picture on the packet and wanted to produce fruit like that forever. He also trusted the gardener. He was planted, watered, went through the sometimes painful process of growth and produced fruit. And as a young vine, he saw that his fruit wasn't quite as luscious and abundant as that on the picture. And he also noticed that the older vines were being pruned. He could see that it was quite painful at times, but he could also see that they kept producing ever more glorious fruit and luscious, luscious foliage, just like on the packet. So after the first crop of wonderful fruit, when the gardener came to prune his branches, he submitted to the pruning. And it was uncomfortable and painful at times to see those lovely branches he'd put so much effort into growing being cut back. But next year, he grew even stronger. And every year after that, and he trusted the gardener and he went on trusting her, she pruned carefully and wisely, and the little seed produced glorious foliage and the most luscious fruit. It became just like the picture on the packet. The vine is grown all over Palestine. It was in Jesus' time, and it still is. And it has luxuriant foliage. The branches are intertwined, there are fragrant blossoms, and of course it has the fruit, which is so valuable. Jesus' hearers would have understood about vines. And Jesus declares, I am the true vine, the true one, the real, the genuine vine. And God is the vine dresser, the gardener who tends the vine. We are the branches. Now, it's no secret that I am no gardener. 
gardening, it seems to me, is very skilled work indeed. How do you tell the difference between the plants and the weeds? And when do you sow the seed? And how do you sow it? And how do you water it and nurture it? And how often do you do that? I have some tools, I have some gardening gloves, I have even secretaires, but when and how do you use them? It's all a mystery. Two things I want to, to take away really from this reading uh, this morning. Firstly, I do know that if a stem or a branch is broken off, it will die. It needs to get its nutrients from the main trunk or the stem that is rooted in the ground. We are the branches, Jesus says, abide in me. And the word abide is used 11 times in these verses. Abide, it's an active thing, live in it, dwell, find security, safety, remain, stay, do not leave. This is a full sense of commitment. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, says Jesus, because apart from me, you can do nothing. So live in fellowship with me, abide in me. Let my words abide in you. And as our verses today stress, abide therefore in my love, just as Jesus abides in his father's love. Branches that decide to go it alone and try living without the life of the vine, without abiding in Jesus' love, wither and die. They cannot flourish if they refuse to listen to Jesus or simply give lip service to him or abandon Jesus and forget him. Branches that remain or abide in the vine in Jesus' love bear fruit and flourish. So how do we abide in Jesus' love? I think chiefly by remaining in the community that knows and loves him, that celebrates him as Lord, by being the church. One thing these challenging months of lockdown has taught us is that we don't have to be meeting in church in order to be church. We have learned, I hope, that we can be church anywhere. We remain a people of prayer and worship, not just Sunday by Sunday, but day by day, keeping in touch, in tune with Jesus, by uh, maintaining and remaining in relationship with Jesus. Do you remember the older, uh, uh, when we used to have a dog show, there would be a class in the dog show, which was uh, the dog that looks most like its owner. If you think about it, dogs and owners, the longer they are together, the more alike they seem to become. But we want to do this, don't we? We do it deliberately. We want to be like Jesus, to look like him, to be like him, to let his word abide in us. We do this through prayer, through reading scripture, through praise, by never giving ourselves a chance to forget him. And then secondly, as well as abiding in the vine, in Jesus' love, we must submit ourselves to be pruned. I have roses in my garden. And when I moved to Tynmouth, as I've already said, I bought the secretaires and the gardening gloves in great anticipation of what those roses and I might achieve together. But somehow it never came off. Lack of knowledge. When do you prune? How do you do it? Lack of time. If I'm honest, probably lack of incentive and will. Oh, they'll be okay. Surely they'll produce some flowers and they do. But I know the truth is that if I had pruned and nurtured them, I would have healthier plants that produce more abundant flowers 
instead of straggly plants whose branches seem to have a mind of their own and just grow in all directions. Vines, I am told, require drastic pruning if they're to go on producing good fruit. A branch that bears no fruit may look nice and may have produced fruit the year before, but now it is draining the plant's strength. So it's pruned to stop the plant from wasting its energy and becoming unproductive, to prevent it from getting tangled and to encourage new shoots to grow in the right direction and to bear the best fruit. And these images are powerful ones for us, but they are also extremely challenging, aren't they? We know what Jesus is saying, but it all feels a touch difficult, a touch exhausting, relentless even. The truth is, of course, pruning can be painful, but it is fruitful. And as we heard at the beginning of the passage, God is the vine grower. God will do the pruning. So we are in good hands. We are in the hands of the one who made us, who loves us. They are hands that are scarred by nails in love of us. Hands that will do everything to hold us to the vine and keep us fruitful. And the question of what needs pruning is not always easy either. We might ask in our church or in our personal lives, what is there that needs pruning in order that new, stronger growth can take place and we can produce good fruit? That's not easy. It may mean pruning a branch that we put a lot of effort into growing, but now have to accept is no longer fruitful in the way that it once was. It may mean making difficult and painful decisions which need prayer and discernment and trust in the hands of the vine grower. And now, more than ever, as we reflect on the last uh, few months and how we've changed and adapted, are we at a turning point where we must ask ourselves what in our church life needs to be pruned? What have we lost or what can we let go of that though we might feel sad at its loss, will free us up to follow God's leading into new ventures, different ways of serving him, of being relevant in the world and reaching more people with the good news of Jesus' unconditional transforming love for them. And what in our individual lives needs pruning? The disciples had drastically pruned their lives to follow Jesus, leaving behind goals and ambitions. Is God calling us as individuals to cut off something in our lives that has been very precious, perhaps, but which now we will be better without so that we can produce fruit in new and better directions? Asking ourselves the question, perhaps, what in my life does God need me to let go of so that I can take up the work that he is calling me to do now? So we abide in the vine, in Jesus, remain in relationship with him, listen to him, speak with him, learn of him, allowing his word to nourish and sustain us. And we submit ourselves for pruning, trusting God, the vine dresser, who calls us to follow him, who challenges us to change our direction for him and to open our eyes to the world where he calls us to serve him. But if it's difficult and costly and it hurts, then why do we do it? Well, it's because we are to bear fruit in the world, whether we're in so-called normal times or in lockdown or emerging uh, through lockdown into a new post-lockdown world. We are still called to the same task, to bring glory to God through our lives. And we can trust the vine dresser 
Trust the God who loves us to the uttermost, who died for us, and whose will and purpose for us is perfect. Why do we do it? John 15 verse 8 tells us that it's to God's glory when we bear fruit, showing ourselves to be Jesus' disciples, becoming disciples, just like the seed becoming the picture on the packet. Jesus in these verses assures us of his love and says that he's told us these things so that his joy may be in us and that our joy may be complete. It's a joy, a deep joy that comes from love. Jesus shows us the same love that he shared with his father, that love that was prepared to die on a cross so that we might know its fullness. We are loved to the uttermost. Jesus says, abide in that love, live in it, celebrate it, share it, depend upon it, abide in that love. And the joy that is in the heart of Jesus will be in us and our joy will be complete. Jesus said, I am the true vine. Abide in me. Abide in my love. Grow and submit to pruning so that we may bear much fruit, just as he appointed us to do. Fruit that brings glory to God that our joy in him may be complete. Amen. Amen.
content in this podcast is adapted from recorded Zoom services held by Dawlish Methodist Church. Full videos can be viewed on their Facebook page. Music is taken from worshiplyricvideos.com. All rights reserved. <laughs>